Good evening, ladies and marks. You are tuned in to the Standards of Greatness podcast. And now the host of the show, the wrestling god, Evan Jones, and the alpha angel, Brian Mead. Hello and welcome to the Standards of Greatness podcast. I am your host, Evan Jones, a.k.a. the wrestling god. How's it going, everyone? Up the angel, Brian Mead, back for another fantastic week of Standards of Greatness podcast action. Amazing EFED Elite Tournament action and, you know, some crappy WWE action. Pretty standard around here. Raw wasn't terrible, but SmackDown was. We'll get to that. How are you feeling, buddy? You feeling better after the uh, having the Rona? Uh, you know, um, still still got a bit of a cough. That's that's developed. Um, it's been a rough week. My, uh, my Pretty much my whole family. Got a got a piece of the action here, which meant that I got a little extra time with the family, which was nice. You know, a little Rona vacation, but um, you know, sending prayers out to uh, a couple of members of my family who are uh, are not doing the best right now. So, uh, if you're listening, and I don't really want to out them on, on the air, but if if you're listening, just want to send a little prayer out for for the Alpha Angels family. Uh, I would appreciate it. I'm sure they would too. Alrighty, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm sorry that you're having a rough go with some of your family members. Um, uh, we're going to jump right into wrestling news. Wrestling um, time! Wrestling! Yeah. Not that wrestling. Alrighty. Um, you're not allowed to, you are not allowed to say it's sports entertainment. We don't... Hey, Tony Khan copyrighted sport entertainment. So I, I just I want that known. Sport entertainment. That feels Sport like a that feels like a petty copyright, but life sucks and then you die. <laughs> All right, uh, the first Tony Khan, Tony Khan seems like a bit of a petty guy. <laughs> <laughs> Most rich guys are. Um, the first little bit of news is a little <laughs> bit of sad news. Uh, the passing of Black Jack Lanza occurred today. Um, our thoughts and prayers are going out to his family and loved ones. Uh, Black Jack has had quite the influence on the industry, both in the NWA and WWE throughout the years. Um, I know Chris Chaos, it was, he was one of his personal favorites of all time, and it's, it's hard when one you love goes. You know, it, it sometimes hurts you a little deeper. Blackjack's uh, one of the most influential tag teams of uh, of their era and really of all time. Um, definitely a sad day. I, I feel like this is just like a recurring thing. Right? I feel like we just keep losing hero after hero after hero. That is the uh, circle of life, to quote the infamous Lion King. <laughs> All right. God damn it. Alrighty. Um, moving on to today's new, uh, this week's news. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly uh, both are rumored to have not renewed their contracts with WWE. Um, both got an emotional send-off. Kyle ended up putting Von Wagner over in a cage match, and Johnny gave one of the most passionate promos we've ever seen on NXT. But then he got obliterated by Grayson Waller, a newcomer to NXT. Um, I have to say, I was a little shocked that they had someone beat down Johnny. 
But, uh, I'm okay with it. No, man, no. The right thing to do by by Gorgano, you know? Let somebody else get over on you on your way out the door. Gorgano is classic, old school. But I'll tell you, man, for me, this was... This was the end of it. Like you, you I, when I think NXT, Johnny Gorgano, Tommaso Ciampa, that story is NXT mm-hmm. to me. From from DIY, by the way, awesome little callback in in the War Games. Um, the crutch, little DIY moment. Absolutely love that. Um, but from that from that tag team all the way through their feud which just kept coming up, and it was, like, the most emotional thing. The only thing that ever came close on NXT was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, and even even that kind of pales in comparison looking back. Like, um, it it no, really did. A lot of people were giving WWE a lot of flack for this, but, like, I think it makes sense. It lets him put somebody over on the way out, and, oh, my God, the booze that Grayson Waller got. That's the kind of heat that'll make Bully Ray cream in his pants. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, though, man. The, the undisputed. Are we going to see the undisputed era just show up in, in AEW? Is that is that what's coming? I think so. Maybe we'll get the undisputed elite versus the OG elite. Oh, uh, uh, I'm about to I'm about to mark out. Yeah, and then there's, there's a Bobby Fish in there. There's a Bobby Fish in there. <laughs> I'm going to send you Darwin fishes if you don't stop. <laughs> Goddamn Bobby fish. <laughs> All right, let's, let's keep it rolling. All right, um, speaking of uh, Gargano, uh, Candice LeRae, Johnny's wife, her contract expires in May of 2022. Um, she is currently pregnant. She's been out since July. Um, interesting, though, is WWE has a habit of extending people's contracts through injuries. I'm wondering how pregnancy will play into that. That's just dirty, dirty shit. Yeah, I, Would we... I think the most uh, notable instance of that um, is what they did to Luke Harper in, in recent memory. Yeah, Brody Lee, uh, what they did to him extending his contract because he got injured. They did it to one of FTR, and they did it to Jeff Hardy and um, one other superstar recently that I can think of that off the top of my head that I'm just blanking on the name of. It's not out of the wheelhouse of WWE to pull something like this. I don't think that they would get it. Shit, no, not, not anything. No better than firing a billion people right before Christmas. Right? Or in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, well, Classy. We do, Classy. We do have some good news today. Hacksaw Jim Duggan announced that he is cancer-free. Uh, special That's so great. That, that makes me feel great about it. Uh, I was really worried there for a minute because it was just very sudden. He was in the hospital and having surgeries. And usually with, with cancer, when, when those events happen so rapidly, it's a lot harder to deal with. But it seems like they caught it early enough to, to treat it. So I, I, have a, I have a picture of uh, you and me and uh, Hollywood Watkins and uh, Xander Shaw always hacksaw from a couple years back. All hanging out together, and I was actually looking at that picture just yesterday, and like it just broke my heart thinking about him uh, and, and and having cancer. And so to hear that news today was so great. 
uh, Hacksaw. Just big thumbs up. Oh, you're awesome. Love you. Glad to see you yeah, on the bed. Same. Uh, WWE announced their first batch of NIL or next in line athletes, where it's a recruiting platform that allows you know college athletes and other athletes out there to. Um, how do I say this? Use the WWE models and systems and resources to either become wrestlers or to just advance their careers. Uh, it's an interesting idea. It feels very like, much like a Nick Khan idea, not a uh, Vince idea. But it's kind of using that that media power of the WWE to kind of like I don't want to say like create a farm system, but I don't want to not say that. I'm okay with it. I'm okay seeing where it goes, but in in a business where they consider them independent contractors, what do they consider these people? Are they independent contractors too, or are they just you know student athletes? What's going on with that? It, it's a weird it, it's a weird system to hear about, and what I worry about with WWE specifically as a company is you know you're bringing it wait your your plan is to go and start influencing young impressionable minds you know right out the gate man I hope I hope some kids don't get taken for everything that they're worth because that's the kind of company WWE is I. Yeah, I'm. I got bad. I just got a bad feeling in my gut. You know what I mean. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. I'm. I'm kind of waiting to see where it lands. Um, do I have high expectations for it? No, I fully expect it to collapse within a couple of years because nothing that WWE does is uh, long-standing outside of Raw and SmackDown these days and their pay-per-views. Um, NIL. It's kind of like XFL, isn't it? Yeah, kind of same vibes. Lower payroll. Okay. All right. <laughs> as long as we know where it's all going. Uh, Raw has reached a new record low in the key demographic of 18 to 49. Uh, kind of actually surprising because Raw wasn't actually that bad this week. Uh, I think a lot of people are just giving up on WWE, at least when it comes to Raw. Um, but SmackDown's been just as bad the last month or so. SmackDown... SmackDown still has Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, which are a massive draw. Raw at this point, when I turn on, when I watch Raw and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to enjoy tonight about this episode of Raw? And I'm trying to get myself jazzed up about it. I mean, maybe a RK-Bro segment? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, it's just, it's um, the product. Maybe Big Yield or Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Telling you that day one That's match right. is gonna be really telling on if Owen stays with the company or not. Um, Personally, I hope he doesn't. I mean, I, I I love Kevin Owens, but I'd rather see Kevin Steen, man. Let's yeah, no, let's make that jump. N- none of the watered down stuff. Um, NWA had a pay per view the last uh, couple weeks called Hard Times Two, where it saw NWA. Uh, heavyweight champion of the world, Trevor Murdoch, defeating Mike Knox in a cage match. Uh, or not in a cage match, in a match. Um, we saw Matt Cardona up here afterwards. Um, basically, he, yeah. Knox gave uh, Murdoch a low blow. Cardona picked up the 10 pounds of gold. Looks like the next challenger for Murdoch. 
Um, it's good to see the NWA is becoming raw in the late 2000s. <laughs> Matt Cardona is quickly becoming the bad boy of of well indie wrestling. I want I want to say indie wrestling. NWA isn't really the indies, but the impact that Matt Cardona is making across various federations is so interesting and really telling uh, when you think about how long that he was in WWE as Zack Ryder and despite getting over on his own, was held down, held down, and now he's making a name for himself without a company like WWE or AEW uh, you know, platforming him. He's doing it on his own, which really says a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's taken the, the bad boy attitude. He's really molded himself into kind of that prototypical WWE, you know, douchebag, but he's using it as a gimmick. Kind of like creating that platform, like like he did with the, the Long Island Z-Story stuff on YouTube and the Internet Championship. Um, you know, he's doing phenomenal work in GCW. He's doing phenomenal work in Impact. Uh, his short time in AEW and now, now the NWA. Cardona's just kind of appearing wherever he wants and just making a splash. Love it. I, I, I'm kind of hoping that uh, he makes a little, he does a little stint over in uh, Japan, actually. I would love to see I would, uh, him could tear you, it up with, uh, with a couple of those guys over there. Could you imagine Cardona versus Okada? The match, probably oh. going to be decent, but like, think of the heat Cardona could get from the Japanese crowd. Especially against the guy like Okada, who is like so ingrained into the uh, the Japanese culture uh, in in terms of professional wrestling with with the, the win streak that he had. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> that I mean, if I'm Cardona, that's what I, what I'd be trying to finagle my way into. Like, I mean, I mean, there's a, unfortunately, there's a couple injuries going on over there. That, you know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe we wait six to eight months. You know <laughs> what I mean? An <laughs> <laughs> uh, Upcoming event, uh, PWG Battle for, of Los Angeles. Uh, they announced the first appearance of Jonah Rock will be the first entrant into the Battle for Los Angeles, formerly known as Bronson Reed, NXT North American Champion. Uh, yeah, um, that's exciting. PWG's always put on great classic events. Uh, the Battle for LA last year and the year before drew tremendous numbers. Uh, and we see a lot of uprising stars in the indie scene make their way there. Uh, the the top tier guys you see there will probably be in AEW or WWE within the next year or two. Oh, definitely. Especially with uh, Ring of Honor, you know, now you know, kind of fading away, PWG is really in a position to kind of retake the uh, ground that they had back in the uh, the early 2000s. Yeah, they were like, as, the, like the West Coast, you know, fed. Um, yeah. Speaking of ROH, their final event, final battle, occurs this month. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bittersweet ending for us ROH marks and fans alike. Um, I've been going back and re-watching old ROH DVDs that I have, the Summer of Punk, you know, uh, his match with Samoa Joe, uh, yeah, it is, it's sad, but I think in the end this is going to work out to the talent's benefits. 
I just wish that Sinclair would have been a little nicer about how they handled it. I've been doing some of the watching the old uh, ROH stuff too, man. And you know what it really reminds me of is I remember back in 05, 06, going back and watching a lot of the old ECW stuff. You know, when, when WWE was like doing the resurgence of, you know, their ECW, uh, which, ugh. but I, I, you know, I started going back and watching some of the old ECW classic stuff. And you'd see some of these younger guys who hadn't really made it or hadn't made a huge name for themselves yet. And then, you know, where they came to, you know, like going back and seeing like a Chris Jericho back in ECW. Steve Austin, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit were all in there in ECW at some point. And it's just, you think about where they started to where they got, like, whew. Yeah. And uh, so that's how I feel about going back and watching those ROH matches now. You know, you're going and you're seeing, like, you know, Seth Rollins as Tyler Black or old CM Punk or... Um, the American Dragon. Samoa Joe. Holy shit. Samoa Joe is has to be like the most underappreciated superstar of all time. I swear to God. Yeah. Like his best runs have been in like Impact and TNA, but like his work in WWE was great. His work in ROH was great. Like everywhere he's gone, he's made an impact. I think it's a crying shame that the WWE has handled him the way they have. Um, I'm kind of hoping that he ends up in a different place, whether that's AEW or Impact. Time will tell. I would love to see him get a run over an AEW because I think they would handle him correctly, and I think there's, I think the talent over there is the talent that matches his style, like the style that uh, Brian Danielson is working over in AEW. That's the style I want to see him fight Samoa Joe. With. Mm-hmm. You know, that watered-down shit they were doing in WWE? Fuck all that, man. Yep. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, MLW has announced recently that they're going to be having a forbidden door of their own, allowing any uh, talent to come over and challenge. Uh, well, Will Ospreay is going to be trying to take that challenge in the near future. Uh, it appears that the former-slash-current New Japan heavyweight champion, it's a really confusing situation, uh, is looking to make a splash here in the U.S. And then in the final bit of wrestling news, uh, Game Changer Wrestling is coming to Detroit, uh, featuring some fami- familiar names, uh, Kevin Nash, Sabu, and many Rhino, and many more. Um, okay. Tell me your thoughts, Bob. We're, we're, we're looking at tickets, man. Uh, but... For, for those who don't know, both Evan and I, we do live in uh, in Michigan. And so with this show coming to Detroit, we were talking earlier today. Oh, maybe we'll go see this show. I jumped online to go check out ticket prices. 30 to $60 per ticket for this show. And here's the thing, okay? The names that you are putting out there to be on this show... Kevin Nash, who is going to be lucky to make it down to the ring without a walker, or Sabu, who just recently retired and at best is going to get in the ring and throw a chair at somebody. This is not the kind of stuff that you pay 
thirty to sixty dollars for. I don't know how many people have been going and looking at ticket prices lately, but and I'm not trying to like hype up WWE here, but you can get you can go see Raw or SmackDown for cheaper than that at this point. Yeah, I mean, how we, we pay- paid less than that to go see All In. Hmm. Um. To me, the reason I think they they're having the higher prices is because they're trying to use these. Old WWE, old ECW, old WCW wrestlers to kind of be the draw to get you to come to want to watch the younger talent. And I get it why, but like it's kind of very flawed logic. Like, I'm fine with if you want to do that, but like you can't tell me that you're going to get, you know, a thousand people or two thousand people or however many will fit in that theater in Detroit to pay that much. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't. Maybe 20 years ago. Oh, if, if, if these names were all on a card 20 years ago, we'd be, we'd be having a different conversation. But and that's, it's not 20 years yeah. ago. And that's no disrespect, it, it's men. 2021. No disrespect, men. And, and, and you know what? If you wanted to pay one legend name to come to your show, and then you wanted to, like... I don't know. Get get a couple of decently known indie guys. That would be the smartest bet. There are plenty of active guys who have worked on AEW or WWE or Impact or wherever, and have a name at stake and aren't currently under contract. There's plenty of them out there. WWE's been making sure of it. Brian, uh, breaking news: Kevin Nash tore his quad listening to your rant. Oh, ouch! Sorry, big sexy. I'll send, you, I'll send you. I'll send you some flowers or something. All right, man. All well, right. With with this rant over, I think it's about time to get to another rant, and that means it is time to talk about everybody's favorite show, SmackDown. A month ago, it was everybody's favorite show. Hell, I was one of the best parts in wrestling. Uh. I've noticed the trend over the last month that Raw has gotten steadily, you know, outside of the egg fiasco, the other episodes have been getting steadily better. It's better wrestling, better quality programming. I think it's an overcorrection, an overcorrection course that they're on. And this is typical WWE style. They overcorrect, they overreact to problems. SmackDown was very, very popular. Everybody loved SmackDown like a month or two ago, right? Well, my guess well, is the, the USA Network was like, hey, they're doing good numbers over here. Why aren't we getting these numbers? And I think it's an overcorrection. To me, it's just... It's sloppy, it's bad business, and they should do fucking better. But let's jump into the action, buddy. Brock Lesnar returns, the last true attraction. Uh, he goes Sami Zayn into having his match this week. Um... Excellent promo segment. Um, can't really say much more about it outside of, like, the, they have good chemistry. Uh, it's a shame that Sami Zayn is being used in the manner he is. Uh, cons the entire rest of the fucking show. Uh, <laughs> this is such good shit. Sami Zayn got squashed by Roman Reigns after getting his ass whooped by Brock Lesnar. Um, I'm, I'm fine that they did that concept. I just feel bad for Sammy 
And to me, it just... It feels unnecessary. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I said this last week. I'm, I'm going to say it again. So, is Sami Zayn a babyface or a heel? No Can one knows. Because on the one hand, you have him going up against babyface Lesnar. And that seemed like he was a heel. That's how that came across to me. And at the same time, getting squashed by Roman Reigns makes me have sympathy for Sami Zayn again. All I know is, I'm not convinced he's not the lumberjack from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The name's Yukon Cornelius, <laughs> the greatest prospector in the North! Oh, God damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sasha Banks versus Shayna Baszler. Um, the match honestly wasn't that bad, but like, they kind of seem like they've given up on booking Shayna as a monster already, which to me, it's very telling. To me, it just tells me that Vince doesn't believe in her as a character, which is sad, because they should. Also, has anybody seen Shotzi Blackheart since Survivor Series? Like, She's she's in a hole that, that WWE likes to take women wrestlers and put them in, and then they will pull them out one at a time and give them title shots. Sadly, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, you didn't think that I had it? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. God damn it. Uh, the Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin was on the show, and wasn't that an amazingly shitty segment? I would rather eat X Lax and sit on the toilet all day than watch that again. I, I felt like I was just sitting on the toilet all day yeah. when I was watching that. Yeah, that was. Oh my that problem. That. I fucking hate Happy Corbin. I, 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 I've never liked Baron Corbin, he's always been a bore to me. Fuck, man. I'd rather have Pete Dunn on TV. Oh, shit. god damn. No, that segment was the shits. Like, the drizzling shits. Um, Viking Raiders versus Los Lotharios. Um, I, I, I don't even... I, I feel bad for all four men in this match, and... It's just garbage. At this point, I... This is an honest question. Maybe you can answer this for me. Are the Viking Raiders at this point... The, the longest, like, standing tag team on SmackDown? Do we call the Usos a tag team anymore? Because they do a lot of single stuff now. So I'm, I'm just not sure where we go with that. I, I don't. Welcome to the WWE, where the rules don't matter and they get made up. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Sheamus versus Cesaro should have been a great match. Uh, it was really medium. Um, they just had Cesaro beat someone last week, Rich Holland, in his debut, now they having Sheamus beat the shit out of his old partner. Like, make it make fucking sense. Make it make fucking sense. That's not a match. That is not a match that should have been on SmackDown. And I'm 100% serious about this. Sheamus versus Cesaro is a match that should be on pay-per-view. Agreed. Like... I and when I heard Sheamus versus Cesaro, I got a little excited, man. Yeah, I'll be honest. And then I watched it, and I want my time back. <laughs> yeah, that was really disappointing from two guys who it really shouldn't have been disappointing from. Yeah, yeah. All in all, SmackDown kind of sucked. Big floppy donkey dick. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Raw. 
Um, Raw was actually decent this week. Um, we saw. I, I think you're setting your standards for decent a little low, but comparatively, comparatively. Okay, I guess that's <laughs> fair. Uh, pros: We had Big E versus Kevin Owens in a non-title steel cage match. Uh, fantastic match. Having Rollins slam the cage on both of their heads at various points was very good. Um, we saw AJ and Omos versus the Street Profits in the RK Bro Invitational, which I'm not convinced that RK Bro isn't watching our stuff. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm certain that Randy Orton is a huge. Standards of Greatness fan. Randy. I mean, what else did he have to do these days? Randy, pass the ball. Hey, you better watch out because he's going to hit you with an RKO from out of nowhere. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I like, was... don't even know how to respond to that. I love it. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, the match was actually great. Um, almost got himself counted out, which was weird. They're teasing a breakup, I think, between AJ and Omos. Um, I don't know why. They better be giving Omos a mouthpiece of some kind. Maybe make him the next Paul Heyman guy. You know what? I could actually kind of see that. Like, he wouldn't... I, I mean, he's obviously not actually family, so that would kind of make it weird, but... Character-wise, he kind of would fit in with that grouping. Yeah, like have almost you know, cost Lesnar the match. Yeah, like just a, just a big guy to stand behind Reigns would kind of be interesting. Like Reigns obviously doesn't need uh, a bodyguard of any kind, but you know I never really thought Shawn Michaels needed Diesel either. So yeah, uh, Damian Priest versus Robert Roode for the U.S. title. Um, I guess Damian Priest is back to being a full-on babyface these days. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad they're at least sticking with it for now. Uh, I would rather just see Robert Roode. <laughs> yeah. Be spotlighted yeah. at all, personally. Not just with Dolph Ziggler. He's so fucking talented. I think that's that's what really pisses me off about, like, Robert Roode, EC3, like, all these guys that came over from TNA. So and they're talented. really getting shit on, like, they were old ECW, or the old WCW guys. Yeah. Like. What's the matter, um, Booker Man? Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop um, was, uh. Longest women's match in. Yeah. Um, let's get a count going for the number of. Roll-ups and or count-outs. This is the second count-out of the night. Um, Dewdrop chose to walk away. Uh, kind of an awkward ending to the match, in my opinion. Just because it, it was competitive. It was really like an athletic back-and-forth. And then she just, like, dipped. Yeah, there didn't seem to be the motivation. For, like, I, I, I understand doing, you know, that kind of you know, I get fed up with it, and so I'm going to walk away kind of thing. Um, but this wasn't the place to do that. Yeah, that would have been like a week ago. <laughs> um, Miz and Edge had another promo segment on Miz TV. Um, Edge and Miz both playing mind games with one another. It's kind of interesting. Miz kind of called 
out Edge for being weaker than his past self because the the past Edge would have just speared him out of nowhere. Um, Edge jumped at him and Miz fell. That was pretty funny. I think people don't give Miz enough credit. The dude is a good actor. Like, in terms of, like, being able to sell and, like, make people look good or more threatening, he's great at it. No, I actually love... I'm a big Miz fan. I, I love the Miz. I think he's awesome. Pun very much intended. <laughs> God damn it. But, um... The thing is, I don't... Th- I, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people... You might even disagree with me on this. But I don't think Edge is the right um, opponent for him. Miz, to me, is the guy who you should be building up as, like, a, a world title contender. Like, he should be in that race with, uh, you know, Big E and with Kevin Owens and with Seth Rollins. That's that's where he's at career-wise. And you, this is a guy, This is what doesn't make any fucking sense to me. You know what Edge and Miz have in common? Both Money in the Bank winners. Both former WWE champions. Both defended... Or, or uh, competed for their oh, sorry defended successfully defended their championships at the same WrestleMania. True. Miz the Miz, the Miz has won. I know a you know, big asterisk, but the Miz has a WrestleMania main event win, and you're still booking him like Jobber. he's a fucking midcard. Honestly, at times they booked him like he's a jobber. Yeah. Like And he should be given like give him the props that, that he's honestly earned. Exactly. Um Becky Lynch versus Lib Morgan in the main event. Um fantastic match. Our third roll up for the, the evening. Woohoo! Or not third roll. That is the best move in all of wrestling, I'm telling you right now. That was the second roll up experience. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Becky rolled her up in the. These, I don't know why all those luchadors back in uh, WCW did all the flippy stuff when they could have just been rolling people up the whole time. It's unstoppable. Uh, yeah, Becky rolled her up and then used the ropes to steal the win. Uh, we have a new angry Lib girl instead of the angry Miz girl, so <laughs> something good came out of that. Uh, I think. If, I'm going to make an early prediction here. I think Lib Morgan's going to win the uh, women's rumble this year. Wow. That, you're picking it far back now. Picking I'm, it a little far back. I'm calling it now. All right. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Haven't got it wrong this far in the day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, worst case, I get it wrong. Um, if I had to call it from this far back, uh, God damn. It's hard to tell right now, ain't it? Dewdrop, dewdrop. That seems like the kind of inconsistent booking that we would we would have leading into the rumble. That sounds good. All right. Uh, cons to the show: Queen Zelina beats Nikki Ash. Um, this match lasted only a few minutes, and my problem with how it's like they made all this progress. Women main evented Mania, and now they're having two to three minute matches. It's the diva era all over again. It really is. And poor Nikki Ash. People love her. They just keep a berry in her. Yeah, at some point, there, uh, 
the love will die out. Like they're they're just throwing away something good right there, and it's really sad. Yeah, like her gimmicks never gonna get over with the adults, but like her gimmicks over as shit with the kids. That's a merch maker, right that, there. Exactly, that's money right there. You're just that's kidding. like legit money. And for a company that's always concerned with budgetary losses. <laughs> Watch her be on the next set of cuts. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, then we had Finn Balor versus... We had Finn Balor versus T-Bar uh, in one of the most awkward matches I've ever seen Finn Balor have. Um, just no chemistry, really quick match between the two. Uh, after the match, Austin Theory attacked Finn and got a selfie to try to impress Vince. Um, I'm not feeling this selfie gimmick at all. I was willing to let it, you know, kind of see where it goes, but, like, if your thing is just sneak attack and selfie, that's boring as shit. Yeah. Um, so, Balor, I, I, on Balor's side of this whole thing, I don't think it was his fault. I think he got thrown off by hearing uh, the name T-Bar, which is just fucking atrocious, and I still hate it to this day. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Austin Theory thing goes, you're I'm I'm a hundred percent right there with you. Like I, 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 I said here on the show several weeks ago, like I was really into this selfie gimmick thing, but you have to have it pro- progress and go somewhere and it's not. Yeah. It's just it's it's stale. It's already lost any draw appeal to me and like can only imagine a casual viewer being like, what the fuck is this, and just changing the channel. Alrighty, well, we're going to take a minute, and here, here's a message from our sponsors. Have you been feeling down, limp, flaccid, boring? Well, it's time to put an end to all of that. Pick up your Enforced Chew today and go from being a Michael Miner in the bedroom to a King Dominator. Make her remember the name as you put her down for the three count. Go the distance. Make her know that you're an Iron Man and pick up your Enforced Chew today. Use the code Standards of Greatness at EnforcedChew.com to get 20% off your next order of Enforced Chew. Enforced Chew, a whiskers bearing product. All right, we are we're back and uh, got some AEW action to cover this this time around. A lot a lot more entertaining than those Raw and SmackDown segments. We'll start with Dynamite here. Yeah, uh, Brian Danielson. Again, kicking in the head of another member of the Dark Order. Uh, we had Hangman Adam Page, the world champ, on commentary. They have a no-contact clause, which maybe I missed where that was like in, put in place. Um, but John Silver came out, uh, a.k.a. Johnny Hungy, and uh, tried to get into a fight with Dan- uh, Brian Danielson, and uh, Danielson kind of just laughed him off and called him a joke. Brilliant heel work. Bringing back the fickle shit was great. Like, there's a part of it that's just amazing to watch. Like, a continually progressing, consistent story arc. Yeah. Week by week by week, it's it's amazing. I. It's refreshing. Especially after the. And, 
bullshit watched with WWE. Fuck. Well, and what's so great about it, too, is, you know, Hangman, like, when when you watched Hangman go over on Omega, you're, like, instantly thinking, Hangman's going to be holding on to that belt for quite a while. And in comes Danielson, red hot. And if there's anyone that has made me believe that Hangman is going to be dropping the title, Brian Danielson has done a fucking incredible job of it. Definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, we saw CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty this week. Um, Punk looked great in the match. Moriarty looked amazing. Um, the dude's a future star. Um, really interesting bit was post-match verbal jabs by MJF, who actually brought up Punk's dog, Larry, uh, insulting and threatening to put the dog down. Um, that's a bad idea, MJF. Like, a really bad idea. Speaking as a dog owner, I know if somebody said that to my, me about my dog, I would rip their vocal cords out of their throat. So I kind of get where Phil's coming. I, I don't think that MJF has ever seen John Wick. I think that's the problem here. You never mess with a man's dog, okay? Yeah. That, that's the line. You, you, you can uh. fuck with his family, you don't fuck with his dog. That's, that's right. <laughs> uh, Wardlow was featured this week uh, in a squash match. He squashed, um, I think, a local talent. Um, honestly, anytime Wardlow's on screen, I just get, like, he reminds me of Tom Hardy. I don't know why, but, like, that's just where my mind goes every time. So, like, I just picture, like, you know, Tom Hardy wrestling, and I think the dude's a future star. Uh, I wish they'd give him a legit feud to see what he could actually do. Like, yeah. not just one that involves MJF, but, like, his own thing. Uh, we saw the Super Click taking on the Super Best Friends uh, in a backstage uh, brawl. We're kind of seeing a lot of our own seeds being planted for this feud. Uh, I, a lot of fans are complaining that Adam Cole's being buried in AEW. But the thing is, is Adam Cole's still relatively new to the AEW audience to a degree, and... You know, if he's having fun and everybody's getting over, Adam Cole says it himself, sooner or later I'll be the guy. I'm always the guy. You know, I have one word for this segment. It was super. Super? I'm sorry, that was, I, I was holding out that one for a while. It was really bad. That was, the dad jokes are coming out here. That, that, uh, that was terrible. And it, as a fellow father... Go to your dad corner. <laughs> I should do fucking better. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen uh, took on and defeated the Gun Club. Um, solid, good match. Not necessarily the best match, but it was a good match. Yeah, it was much better than like it's had a lot of build to it, and the Gun Club finally getting some TV some TV time is is definitely good. Um, we also saw Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander in a solid match. Um, we saw Nyla Rose attack Soho after the match. Uh, yeah, just setting up some semifinals confrontations. But can either woman beat Britt Baker? Nope, not a chance. Britt Baker is fucking stupendous. Stupendous, Richard. He will tell you. Stupendous, Richard. <laughs> 
yeah, honestly, I don't see a viable woman outside of Thunder Rosa or maybe Sheeta that could beat her right now. Um, I think they're laying down the tracks for Jamie Hayter to turn babyface. And maybe Jamie might be the one to beat her. But uh, time will tell on that. I've got my personal pick, who I'd like it to be. She's still relatively new, but I think with the right storyline, they could hot rocket her, like kind of like Daniel, Daniel Bryan with the Yes movement, uh, is Sky Blue. I really like her work. Um, phenomenal look, phenomenal talent in ring. Uh, I, I'm really excited and hope they continue to do more with her. See, I think Brett Baker is just one of those people that works well with so many different people that, you know, keeping her on top is is what's best what's for the division. Business. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things where people borrow Triple H's ideas, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Andrade in an Atlanta street fight. Uh, the match was actually, the match was actually good. Um, First time in a while we've seen Cody actually get cheered by his hometown. Um, There's a pretty gruesome flaming table spot after Brandy Rhodes returned and lit it on fire, which, yay, Brandy Rhodes is back. Yay. That worked out really well for for her man there. Yeah, he ate the entirety of the table and the flames. It was brutal, but uh, awesome at the same time. Like, (sighs) okay, real talk, real talk. How many times did you go back and watch that clip? Just four times. Four times. Four? Every time I yeah, see her on my okay. screen, I, I, I get distracted. I, would, and I don't want to watch. Granted, I was at home with COVID, so you know I didn't have yeah much to do. So like thirty times. Was, uh, you know, honestly, the only big con to me was that yay, Brandy Rhodes is back. Ooh, I, I just I don't care about her as a talent. I don't want to see her on TV. They haven't given me a reason to care about her. Brandy Rhodes, uh, to defend Brandy Rhodes a little bit here, Brandy Rhodes, if used right, is absolutely wonderful. But it needs to be in small doses, without a microphone. Like... Well, I'm, I'm fine if she wants to get on the mic, but like, she's got to turn heel. Cody needs to turn heel. Then do it. Then use the heat. And go the other way with it. Let Cody stay babyface and let Brandy turn heel. That works too. You know, the the tone-deaf Homelander gimmick is working for me. I, I must be the only person on the planet that likes that. Oh, no, I, I'm digging it. I'm down. Like, it's just, it's very uh, meta. It's, it's at least different. It's it's not it's not your same old song and dance. And any time that I'm getting something different, like I'm down. Let's keep going. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, moving on to Rampage, uh, Sammy Guevara versus Tony Nese in a very very good TV title match. Um, kind of was shocked. They spent weeks building Tony Nese up as a you know working on Sammy's ribs since the uh, the last pay per view and. Just, I thought they'd spend a little more time emphasizing that. I don't think Sammy sold as well as he could have when it came to that. But, you know, sometimes selling is the lacking art in AEW. They, you know, we call it like we see it here. And sometimes they could 
all sell a little better. Uh, we we saw Pac and Penta versus FTR in a great tag team match. Um, FTR and Malachi got some heat afterwards. Uh, Penta got his mask removed, and then Malachi spit mist into Pac's other eye. So now he's going to have two eye patches. So he'll be, you know, for all intents and purposes, blind. Honestly, I can watch Pac and Penta fight forever. Those two are so fucking incredible. Yeah, honestly, Pac, Penta, uh, Ray Phoenix, FTR, Malachi Black, I could literally watch all those guys go in the ring with anyone on the planet and be happy. They're just that goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only con from Rampage, in my opinion, was the Jade Cargill squash match. I understand why they're doing it. You know, she's being booked as an undefeated monster. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if she won the TBS Women's Title Tournament. Um, but at this point, it's reaching a stage where she needs to start being tested a little more. You know, with Goldberg's undefeated streak, eventually he started to get more and more tested. Her matches need to be more than a couple minutes. They need to not be squashes at this point. If you're if you're you're building her up to be a face of the division, she's got to have more volume and more like depth to her character and her ring work. Yeah, it, you know what it kind of reminds me of is actually the Ryback uh, run, where they just kept just kept giving him these squash matches over jobbers for months and months and months on end. To the point where you were like, yeah, but can you... What happens if he wrestles a credible person? <laughs> Ryback stuff. That took 20 years off my fucking yeah. life. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, well, before we get into our EFED news segment, message from our sponsors. Have you been worried that you haven't been able to get that championship win in the bedroom with your lucky lady? Well, now is your chance to send her straight to Mania with Enforce True. Pick up your Enforce True and become a madman, both in the streets and in the sheets. Dominate her and lay her down for the three count with Enforce True and last four times as long as the leading male enhancement product. Pick up your Enforce True today at enforcechew.com and use the code standards of greatness to get 20% off your next order of Enforce Chew, a Whiskers brand product. All right, we are back, and uh, Evan, Evan, you know what this week is? You know why I'm really excited this week? You get to torture me? Because I have the email this week. <laughs> That's right. I know all the answers. I opened it a couple of minutes ago while we were doing our, our commercial there. And uh, let's get right into it. First of all, next week, we're going to be having a couple of uh, big matches. First of all, the Advocate is going to be going one-on-one with Xander Shaw. And you ready for it, Evan? I'm ready. Here it is, buddy. Rob Roman versus TCO, the match that everybody's been waiting for, will be coming up next week. We're going to start those off. Guys, start uh, dropping your hype ones on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Everyone, make sure to keep an eye on the Facebook page because uh, 
Man, I think the Sparks are going to be flying in those matchups. This is such good shit. I'm definitely excited for both matchups. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Xander Shaw brings to his first ever competitive environment. Uh, the Advocates, no slouch. Uh, Rob Roman and TCO, they're going to tear each other limb from limb. Honestly, I don't know who... That could be the single closest match of the entire tournament. Um, maybe closer than Watkins versus Blake. Uh, you know, it's re- really, really tight. There's been there's been a couple of tight ones. Um, I know that uh, uh, one of our matches uh, the tonight it was is pretty close. Um, but before we get to that, you we have a, a bitch. we have a couple of a couple of promos to get to because uh, Crimson Wolf and Amelia Aris, as well as uh, T Money and Brother Moses, are going to be getting it on next week. In our, in our featured matches. We've got a couple of promos to play for you. Here coming at you first is Amelia Ayers and Crimson Wolf. So it's time. We're here now. And I'm going against you, Crimson Wolf. And it's just like deja vu all over again. I mean, didn't I beat you before? Didn't I put you through a table? You know, my mind is a little iffy at times, but I'm pretty sure that I demolished you and whatever you claim to be just a few weeks ago and the gods that you believe so much have decided to grace you with my presence once again in that ring. Now, I'm just curious as to how prepared you are to go against the goddess of chaos herself and I am so prepared to see what you have up your sleeve if you decided to change your armory if you decided to believe in another god because obviously the first one you believed in failed you. I need you to begin to accept the fact that there is no one above me. And I need everyone in this tournament to realize that the goddess of chaos is here and is for here for one thing and that is to be elite. Elite. That's the only reason why this tournament is here. I'm the talk of the town. I am unstoppable. I am the destroyer of divisions and I annihilate everyone across my path. Crimson, you know that. The majority of the people know that. Some people that I don't care of, some people I have some you know, respect, but they put me up with you. So do me a favor. And I hope you're clutching that Bible like it's the last thing on this earth because honestly that's the only thing you can trust and hold. Because once I get my grip on you, I promise you, the lo juro con todo mi corazón. I swear to you, with all my heart, that I'm going to make you second guess everything you believed in. Your prophecies, your written word, your followers. That Crimson Wolf is nothing but a scared puppy. Crimson Wolf is a false prophet. Crimson Wolf it's just a fluke. Before I address this elephant in this room, I want to take a little bit of your time to help you all remind that before, before this elite opportunity that I got, before the start of this elite opportunity, I was already living rent-free inside the hats of my friends, enemies, and my future opponents. 
<laughs> you can all be in denial and create a false reality around it and act like a stuck-up little princess that got breastfed by his dad's dick instead of her mom's boobs. But this, this is the inevitable future standing right in front of you as the human personification of a higher word. Me, the novelist of violence. Me, the crimson wolf, will become real to your world. Brian, Evan, Lenore Lynn, Kurt Brooks, and even my best friend, Dylan Mason. And you, Miss Amelia, know exactly what is going to happen when I step inside that ring. They will need to work five times harder than they have ever worked before. The only win, the only win they can take out of it is the character that they have shown. It's like life. A chihuahua barking up the bigger dog to have a little bit of his attention, to have a little glimpse of his fame, his fortune, his talent. And here I am, surprised as the gift to you, to your career, Miss Amelia. I am that bigger dog that gives you the, the attention you so desperately desire. I am going to be the one that will make you famous. You will be the one that bows down to my and as you should know, the brain grows in the empty spaces of our skull. And with the amount of skull you have, I was surprised by you being stuck in this delusional world of memories when you hear the name Crimson Wolf. This is a whole different realm! This is a different reality, a new environment with a whole different ball game. I planted that seed a few weeks ago, and here I am to get rid that flower. <laughs> Your assumptions of my heavenly father being the god you think he is are false. <laughs> this book, you think it's the Bible, but it's the crimson script. In this book, everything has been written how the world should look like through my eyes. And you, you have a place in it. You are the one won't be safe having a spot under the same starry sky as I have. You won't be the same and you won't be safe when I hit you with the be safe on your amount of skull. I will be the one that get rid of the virus to my promised land. Serabo boca, Coyobamama. Amen. <laughs> All right, and uh, we we actually haven't heard anything from Brother Moses yet, uh, as of the time of this recording, as far as the type one. But we do have uh, some words from T Money to play out for you. Here's what T Money has to say about his match coming up with Brother Moses. As much as I love to sit here and tell you that it will be the most esteemed pleasure of mine to tell you that I am glad I'm honored. I'm privileged to be in this tournament as much as I would love to tell you that something hit me recently, something hit me recently, something said T money. You know what? You are well respected in every locker room that you see yourself in. Something said T money. You know what? You have put your game down and you laid it down quite flat everywhere you go. You've achieved many accolades, but no one really gives a damn about that in this tournament. No one really cares. 
because there are many that know you, many faces that you're familiar with in this tournament. Yes. But what matters is those that don't recognize me, those that don't. And I mean, recognize as in you don't understand exactly what I do. You don't understand exactly how I work. You don't understand who I am, what I've been through. So let me introduce myself. My name is T-Money, a.k.a. The Postman. Why? Because I deliver. Now, something hit me about what I'm facing. In this tournament, first round, what I'm seeing is I'm facing Brother Moses. Brother Moses... I have nothing against you. I'm quite sure that you may or may not be familiar with me, and I may or may not be familiar with you. At the same time, <laughs> my resume says that that should make a difference because I have to hold myself up to a standard, a standard of greatness, a standard of excellence. You, my friend, are just the first stop because as much as I want to say spirit of competition, spirit of competing spirit of just going on and doing what we love to do. Men competing in the ring, men and women seeing who can outdo the other, who can outmaneuver, who can out wrestle, who can outthink, outsmart. Yeah. That's what I want to be like. But no, something touched me in my heart. Something said that this is something different. Because for those who don't know me, and even for those who do, there was something special that happened by even reading the brackets. My genesis in this tournament is facing Brother Moses. <laughs> My genesis begins with your exodus. It's time that I let my people go and go for what I know. Do you know anything about that? Or are you all about the name? Do you know anything about that? Or are you all about winning? Do you know anything about having to be able to break yourself down, being able to build yourself back up, rebuild time and time and time again? Do you know anything about that? I doubt it. Because my story, even though I don't know yours, I'm willing to bet that what has built me has made me way more equipped to deal with this tournament than you. So my genesis begins with your exodus. Brother Moses, it's not because I don't like you, man. I don't even know you, and I'm willing to hear about you. I'm willing to listen, but what I know is, as much as I want to say that, hey, I've done everything, I've climbed the highest, highest mountain, I've reached the highest peak, I've earned the respect, and it's just not good enough. I don't want to sound selfish, I don't want to sound self-centered, but at the same time, if you put me in a tournament around people who don't know me, then it's my duty to make sure that you know who I am and why I'm here. If I do anything less than that, it's a disservice. So this message is from the postman and it's brought to you by E. For Brother Moses, this is your exodus and I'm just getting started. All right. And uh, and now for, I know, oh man, let's talk about Glenn Casey for a second. Oh, fuck you. As long as I freaking can. Fuck uh, you. Glenn Sexton and Casey Moran. This has been a uh, a relatively close battle, a really close battle. Um, these guys have a couple of match promos for their match here tonight. Let's take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just a few ticks away before the match between myself, the leader, the creator, the innovator, the architect, 
of the ultraviolet movement, Casey Moran, and one giant human being by the name of Glenn Sexton. And Glenn, fate has dealt you a poor hand because you find yourself in the unfortunate circumstance to be standing across the ring with me, a two-time Hall of Famer, a multiple, multiple heavyweight champion. And I know, I know. Outside, your bravado, you are calm, you are ready, you are collected. But I can look into your eyes and I see that nervousness. I see the butterflies inside your stomach. Because let's face it, Glenn, in all other wrestling promotions, you have been a big fish. But the problem is that you've been living and playing in a very, very small pond where I, I've gone into those dark deep waters. I have swam with those great whites, with those killer whales, and I have survived and I have adapted. And tonight, I'm going to take all those instincts, everything that I have learned, and it doesn't matter how good or great you think you are, I am that much goddamn better. So tonight, I put your hopes and your dreams and I dash them away with three of the most devastating words in all of professional wrestling. Emo, kid, killer. And Glenn, you don't have to like it, but you're going to learn to live with it. Everybody in this world seeks vindication, validation, they want questions answered about themselves. Am I the best? Am I the absolute worst? What do I have to do to keep being the best? What do I have to do to better myself? Casey, you say you're here to better your skills. Well, buddy, I'll say this real quick and real simple for you. You have to have skills to be able to better yourself. You are just another big bad boogeyman going around in other promotions saying the same monotonous shit that you spew out of your mouth with the same one-liner that you end your last promo in. To learn to live with it? <laughs> Casey, you're going to have to learn to live with the fact that you're not going to be bulldozing anybody in this tournament. You're not moving round to round to round. No, no, no. The biggest roadblock that you have faced in your life is standing right in front of you and its name is Glenn Sexton. I plan on derailing you, Casey. I'm going to leave you in the middle of that ring after I have been pulverizing you and taking my time with you exactly how I want to end this match. Don't worry, I won't end your career. You'll still be able to scare other people that are lesser than you in other places. But when it's all said and done, Casey, you're looking at the guy that's going to go to the next round.
that's going to face Toa. That's going to end up beating Toa. And hell, you're going to see me go on to the finals. I'm just stating facts, Casey. You can't do this better than I can. And finally, uh, some guy that I do a podcast with tonight going one on... Okay, I'll stop torturing you. Evan Jones tonight going one on one with the Scottish Warrior, Ian King. You two, you two have been having a war, man. I gotta say, I've been enjoying the hell out of this. I think you guys will too. Take a listen to this. Tonight is the night, ladies and marks, in this very arena behind me. Yours truly, the wrestling god, rips Ian King limb from limb. Ian, you seem to be under the delusions of grandeur that this has been a close fight. You seem to be having a hard time with reality, if you will. Allow me to bring you back down to earth. Your friends and family might lie to you, Ian. They might tell you you're special. They might protect you and hide the truth. But I won't. I'm an omnipotent divine being. I'm going to tell you the truth that you don't want to hear, Ian. Simply put, there's nothing special about you. You can sit in Mama King's basement all you want. And hide and run away if you want, Ian. But I'll be here, square in the middle of my holy cathedral, waiting to rip you limb for fucking limb. You dare to impugn my honor. You dare to say that the only way I could beat you was if I screwed you over and in the same breath talked about accountability? Spare me the bullshit, Ian! You only said that because I called you out on it. You didn't mean a single word about atonement. Ian, the reality is this fight hasn't been close. And tonight I proved that when I trounced your ass back to Mama King's basement where you belong. See you soon. Evan, how does it feel having that pressure, that weight, all on your shoulders of everybody looking at you and saying you should demoralize the Scottish warrior tonight. You're the one that can put him down. You are the one that is going to show him why you are the wrestling god and all he is is a peasant Scottish warrior that doesn't belong on your level or even in the same ring as you. But Evan, you say you're the wrestling god. Let me ask you this. How the fuck are you a wrestling god when you're not thinking as creatively as one? You didn't create the planet. You didn't create your own story, your own narrative. All you done was rinsed and repeated the same story I've been told for years. You can't get it done. You are not good enough. When the going gets tough, you pack up shot, you run away because you're scared of the outcomes that will happen in the middle of that run. Well, Evan, tonight you will learn that I don't run. Tonight you will learn I'm no coward. And tonight you will learn what I'm all about because I'm not just fighting for me. I'm fighting for all those people that hate your stinking damn guts and want me to go in there and dethrone you and finally, finally take away the fact that you're a wrestling god because everybody after this match tonight, Evan, will say that you're just a wrestling fan on the outside looking in, looking at the real guys 
who love this business do what we do and that is entertain the fans and most importantly than that most importantly than that Evan I will rise to your ascendancy and everyone will say the Scottish warrior is our new leader now the Scottish warrior will lead us into a bright new future away from the darkness of Evan Christopher Jones the wrestling fraud tonight Evan your atonement is near tonight you go down you go down hard and hit every single branch on the way down and hit the back of your head off of the concrete and get a concussion I'm gonna slap you up like a bitch tonight is your final call and Evan the time for talking's done the time for fighting is now fire man fire absolute fire uh we're gonna be getting to those matchups here in a little bit first Evan why don't you roll us away with the EFED news alrighty um Today's EFED news, or this week's EFED news, excuse me. Uh, in PWR, I'm going one-on-one with Hot Rod Allen this week. Uh, ATM seeing a little bit of a rebirth, a little more edge to him. Oliver Titan and Casey Riddle are accompanying me. Hopefully Oliver Titan doesn't cost me this match this week. Might have to uh, wring his scrawny little neck if he does. Uh, we've got Darken Graves versus Motherfucker. Necro versus Bronx Bomber. Uh, that pretender with my title, Tyrion Moreau, takes on T-Money in a Power Surge title match. I'm um, calling this right here. Doesn't matter which one of you wins it. I'm getting my rematch at the next pay-per-view. Come hell or high water. Uh, Hobo Joe and Funake versus Big Homie and Joker J in tag team action. And in the main event, uh, which is already, already some of the hottest shit I've ever seen, Killjoy goes one-on-one with Amelia Aris for the Apex title. Uh, this They are getting personal and personal quick. That has been a lot of fun to watch, man. I, I've been watching every single one of those, like on the edge of my seat, just waiting for another one to drop. Yeah, like... like woo! Woo! Fire. Alrighty. <laughs> More fire. Fire everywhere. Uh, in, in FTW, uh, Gypsy cost me my match versus Casey Moran. I faced Gypsy at the pay-per-view Soul Survivor uh, this month for the King's Court Tournament. Uh, Gypsy, you're going to pay. I want you to know that. I'm really, really not happy. Uh, I will be paying very close attention to that matchup. I, 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 I can personally tell you that one, Evan. <laughs> of all your matchups coming up, I will be paying particular attention to that one. No, no, no reason in particular. I don't know why. Uh, Team Ignition, led by Chris Chaos, takes on Team Velocity, led by Casey Moran. Uh, we've got a Survivor Series style match in the main event. Uh, both champions ready to lead their five man teams to victory. Very, very cool. And I heard a rumor, Evan. Can you tell me if this is true? What do you got for me, buddy? I've heard that Jay Fatal, a.k.a. Jeremy King Chaos, is returning to the E-Fed world with 
the reopening of MIW. Can you confirm or deny this, sir? Uh, I can confirm it. Uh, I spoke with Jeremy, Holy shit. Jeremy earlier today. Uh, definitely an exciting time for the MIW folks and faithful. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their partnership with NEW works with this as well. Um, lots of talents going to be crossing borders and working together. So, you know, it's going to be fun. MIW is always one of the uh, the best put together two um, uh, K shows that that was out there. It was always great to watch. One thing I always loved about it was uh, the personality that I felt that the show had. Yeah. So uh, exciting to see it come back. Uh, yeah. And uh, Jeremy J, whatever you want to call yourself these days, best of luck to you. I can't wait to see what you put out there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we've got GWF uh, ran by DJB. Uh, presents Seasons Beatings, where we see Chirac, recently joined by Jay Fatal. Um, it's been an interesting week. We've seen lots of debuts in GWF. I'm not currently a member of that roster, but uh, I am watching and waiting to see how everybody responds to Jay Fatal. Uh, we saw Iron Bison make his debut there, uh, several other talents. So time will tell what happens in the landscape of GW- GWF. All right. Before we get to the matches, Brian, you have so eloquently told me we have to pick our E-Fighter Spotlight of the Week. That's right. That's right. And I've personally kept mine back this week because I didn't want you to... I wanted to get a good reaction from you. I want to get a good reaction from the entire community on this one and let you know exactly who I've been watching this week. And my pick this week for my E-Fetter Spotlight of the Week goes to you, Iron Bison. I've been watching your promos all week, man. I think you've been dropping some good stuff and I want to applaud what I've been seeing come out of you. I think that that you're hot as hell and uh, I can't wait to see what else you do out in the E-Fed world, man. So, uh, you get my spotlight pick of the week, Iron Bison. All right, and my pick for the week, uh, my boy T-Money. Uh, he's dropped his first two hypes within the uh, E-Fight Elite Invitational, uh, and he's just laying it down. Um, he's a dark, you know, I think he could be a, a good pick for the tournament. I think... He stands a very good shot of making it all the way to the finals if he plays his cards right. Just based on uh, just based on what I've I've seen already, I would have to pick right now. I'll just be honest. He's in he's in my elite eight. He's made it to my elite eight. He he. I'm, I filled out a bracket myself. Uh, he's in my elite eight as well. Uh, that bracket is stacked though, so the time will tell who gets out of the who gets out of it into the final four. I think that by the time it gets to the final floor, I think it's going to honestly get to a point that's it's getting too close to tell. Uh, we've seen some amazing stuff out of not just Team Money, uh, but you, uh, uh, Ian King, Casey Moran, Glenn Sexton, uh, Toa, everybody. Crimson I, I, Wolf. I've been really impressed with everybody this tournament. Yeah, Crimson Wolf put out a promo this week that was very, very good in my opinion. Like, 
Uh, I've seen some professional work that has been less quality than that. So he should take a lot of pride in that. Uh, that is very true. As a matter of fact, um, as most of you know, a, uh, a former WWE Tag Team Champion is one of our uh, is one of our judges in the tournament, and he particularly had some uh, high praise for that promo, which um, you know normally we wouldn't bring up, but our head judge has allowed us to say that, and uh, I think that's pretty awesome to hear from it for anybody in the effect community. So great job, Crimson Wolf. But damn, you got a hard one in Amelia Harris, man. <laughs> yeah. I do not envy you. Uh, how she responds will be very, very interesting. All right, Brian. Oh, I expect her to become with some fire, man. Amelia Harris is a tough cookie. I, I, there's a reason I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> All right. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, no topics to try to hide under. It's match time. No, I think we should go back and uh, talk about the the results from Raw again. Think, uh, we're we're to, gonna mute go Brian one more time. We're gonna mute Brian's mic. I'd like to apologize to the audience for my coworker going off the rails. He's going to say that too. Hey, you can mute me all you want, buddy, but you got to remember, I'm the one with the email. And that means that I'm the only one who can say this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's turn it over to our broadcast colleagues because it is, it is time for our main events. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Elite Invitational. I am your host, Richard G. Mayer, and I am joined by my friend Chip Menley, Chet's twin brother and... Um, well, he would tell you he's the better looking one. How are you doing tonight, Chip? I am doing excellent, Richard. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. We have quite the line of matches for you this evening, featuring the wrestling god Evan Jones going one on one with the Scottish warrior Ian King. And we've seen quite the war of words, head games, and violent interactions conveyed this week between these two men. Of course, I wouldn't expect anything less out of legends like the wrestling god Evan Jones and. Ian King. It's hard to tell who's going to win this. All right. Both men in the ring, and the referee is calling for the bell to begin. And we're going to start off with a collar elbow tie-up. Jones backing Ian King into the corner of the referee, beginning the count. Jones backing away. Only deliver a vicious chop to the chest. Oh, my King. God. Jones lifting King up, trying to silence the crowd, delivers a second chop across the chest. Oh my god, my, my chest hurts just looking at that, Richard. He looks like they could cut vegetables in an infomercial. It's as red as a baboon's ass. Ever arrogant Jones going back for a third. Ian King reversing, delivers a chop of his own, sending the wrestling god down to one knee. King. Lifting Evan up, whipping him across and down, back to the same corner, beginning to stop on Jones's midsection. Well, that, that makes sense, Richard. Back, tempting a knee strike, but is met with a sidestep and a chop back from Jones. Jones begins staring a hole through King. Jones beginning to stretch out King's extremities, delivering stop after thunderous stop to Scottish Warrior. Wrists, ankles. Delivering a split leg drop, much to the jeering of the crowd. Jones 
grabbing King, tossing him out of the ring, and the ref beginning the count. One, two. This is smart, Richard. Jordan's grabbing a hold. Jordan's grabbing a hold of King, whipping him into the steps with a crash. Three, four, counting the referee. Jones rolling back in, breaking the count. Now, heading back to the outside, picking up King, and King drops Jones with a jawbreaker. Nice reversal there by Ian King, rolling him back into the ring, and King sees his moment, picks up Jones, and drops him with a T-virus. And here he's going for the pin. Jones, Jones foot on the ropes at two. Oh, my God, that was close. The King is furious. What a match, Richard. King might have Jones' number. He's... These brutal, brutal moves they are pulling on one another. King picking up Jones and launching him into the corner. It looks like he's getting ready to hit a running splash. Jones rolling out of the way, and King connects with a ring post head first. Ooh. King is busted oh. open. Jones I don't, sees his opportunity. I don't do blood, Richard. I don't do blood. Lifting King up, connecting with a Deus Ex Machina. King kicking out two and a half. Jones is pissed, getting up into the referee's face. Turning around, King, King right there, small package. Here's a cover, one, two, and Jones. Jones just barely kicking out. King getting up first and launches Jones into the corner. Here comes King, looking for a big splash, Jones. Just dropping out of the way at the last second. King crashing into the turnbuckle. Jones, nasty uppercut to Ian King, lifting him up onto the top rope. And, oh my god, Deus Ex Machina off the top. Hooking the leg. One, two, three again. Ian King goes down to the wrestling god Evan Jones in an epic contest. What an epic contest, Richard. What an epic contest. And after the match, Jones extends the hand to Ian King. You know, you sound an awful lot like Donald Cash. All right, now on to our main event. Head up, Richard. Glenn Sexton going one-on-one with the architect of extra violence. Casey Moran, both men stepping into the ring, and here's the bell. Collar elbow tie up into the ropes. Referee calling for the clean break, and Casey not going to get it. Swinging at Glenn and connecting with the referee. The referee is out cold, and Glenn and Casey don't seem to care. Both men delivering punches back and forth and spilling out to the floor. This has to be. One of the most violent matches I've ever witnessed, Richard. Knocking the referee out. Both of these animals are going at it. What What could they do? What are? Oh my god, they're making their way into the crowd. Glenn Sexton smashing the face of Casey Moran across the, uh, the chair. Moving fans out of the way. Casey not going to have any of it. European uppercut into the face of Glenn Sexton and a big vertical suplex smashing across the chairs. Fans are scattering security trying to keep people away as these two men batter and brutalize each other throughout the arena. The crowd is in trouble in this one, Richard. These two better get it back to the ring soon. 
Now battling up the, the steps through the crowd. Glenn smashing the face of Casey Moran. No, Casey blocks it. Shot to the midsection and delivers the same shot to Glenn Sexton. Blood now spewing from the head of Sexton as Whoa. they start to make their way back down towards the ring. I don't do blood, Richard. I don't do blood. Casey Moran picking up a chair and smacking it across the back of Sexton, who spills over the barricade and back out to ringside. Referee starting to make his way back up to his feet. Casey rolling Sexton inside and going for a cover. Referee, one, two, and Sexton able to kick out. What a bloodbath, Richard. The referee's finally getting this under control, it seems. Moran backing up Sexton into the corner. No, Sexton, reversal. Throws Moran across the ring and a shotgun Larry out of nowhere. Oh my god! What did you see that? Did you see that? I did not see that coming at all, Richard. Cover here and one, two, oh! Near fall there for Glenn Sexton now. Motioning to the crowd, picking up Moran, and good night, sweet What a power down that was! Covered out by Sexton, one, two, three! It's gonna do it! Glenn Sexton picking up the win here in the EFAC Elite Tournament! My god! That was, that was a brutal match, Richard. That was a very, very brutal match. I, I need a, a bag to vomit into for the blood. You, you will get what you need, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with us here tonight. Incredible contest. We will see you next week for more EFED Elite Invitational Action. Wow. Uh, gotta say, that's some impressive action down there in the event center. Uh, incredible action, incredible matches, and, uh, you know, it, it, turning it over to the, the, the point side of things. Really some incredible work from uh, all four of you guys this week. Um, Casey Moran and Glenn Sexton having a very close battle uh, points-wise. Coming out, Casey with 239, Glenn Sexton inching ahead with 247. Um, and, and when it comes to your match with, with Ian King, i, I got to say this, man. i got, I got to get this out there. And I know a lot of other people uh, who watched the battle of words between you and Ian uh, have said the same thing. You know, you are known around this community as one of the best. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from you. Ian King, I have never seen as good a work out of Ian King as I saw in his battle with you this week. And even, even if he lost, honestly, Ian, my hat's off to you, dude. You, you fucking brought it, bro. Yeah. Well done. Uh, definitely. I mean, we can, you know, I, I kind of thinking about the match. You know, I had I had a strategy going into it. Um, you know, with, with Ian coming out with his hype one the way he did, it's very aggressive. Um, I I kind of used the narrative as a whole to my you know, not 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 necessarily advantage, but I laid out a clear narrative in my very first hype. He didn't kind of respond. But he still came out with passion and aggression, which I think helped kind of elevate a lot of what he did. Uh, I don't know if he got any coaching or any, like, help or, like, tips or, you know, information from friends and stuff. But, 
you know, I definitely can tell that he brought his A game to it. You know, uh, it, it it's one of those things where it was a good match. I've got no qualms with it. And you did a hell of a job. Um, you should take great pride in that. Um, and hopefully down the line we can work together again. Well, I, I personally hope that, uh, you know, both Ian and Casey will be back next uh, next year mm-hmm. to, to do this again because I, I really enjoyed seeing uh, both their work. Congratulations to you, Thank Evan, you. On, uh, on your victory. Congratulations to Glenn, um, and honestly, congratulations to Casey and, and Ian. It takes a lot of guts to get out here and stand in front of the mic like a lot of us do and shoot the videos we do, but you guys brought your A game, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from you. With all that being said, um, we now know our first, or we now we now actually have an, a, a matchup for round two. We know about it's going to be Glenn Sexton against Toa in round two. That's going to be a spicy meatball. And uh, you have a a little bit of extra reason to keep an eye on that matchup between Crimson Wolf and Amelia Aris, my friend, because the winner of that will be meeting you in round two. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm excited to watch what they do. I've got ideas and strategies for both of them, so we'll see how who wins and how I implement them. Well, uh, nothing but incredible stuff coming out. And uh, again, we got we got those huge matchups that are going to be launching this week: uh, the Advocate versus Xander Shaw and Rob Roman versus TCO. So awesome, awesome stuff coming down the line. Each and every week here in the E Federal League tournament. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I'm having fun and I'm having fun watching everybody. This is such good shit. All right, man. Well, um, I guess let's uh, move on to the old question of the week. Well, last week we had a question of what are your thoughts on WWE using released wrestlers as a punchline slash storyline for their benefit? You and I went kind of in depth on this. Uh, we had a couple responses. One from Glenn Sexton, it's childish and it needs to stop. The other one from The Advocate, uh, it is similar to the story of them blaming Corbin for bad ratings. They're making mistakes and then pushing insecurities over the mistakes onto others for public humiliation. Although it's not new, it's almost a trademark for the Fed. Do the stupid things and make those without a choice suffer for it. Gotta say, I agree with that. Yeah, he's... uh, that, That about hits the nail on the head right there. I mean... Uh, we both laid out our, our feelings on this pretty clear last week. Uh, I think we're both sickened by it, but uh, yeah, I think that was very eloquently put right there. Yeah. Um, question for this week: What makes a good manager, and what are our top five favorite managers of all time? Woo-hoo! All right. <laughs> well, um, what makes a good manager? Well, it goes beyond just talking, in my opinion. It's presence. It's you know how you connect with the crowd, whether you're a babyface manager or a heel manager. Uh, you see more managers being heels because they can generate heat for the guys. And it's not always the guys that can't talk. Like we talked about with, like, you know, Lesnar and Punk. They didn't necessarily need Heyman. Um, but sometimes it's about the presence. It's about, like, Roman Reigns with the bloodline. You know, Roman can talk. He doesn't need Heyman to talk for him. But when Heyman does, there's an extra volume to it. It's about adding that presence to the presentation, in my opinion. Um, it go, and, I mean, th- there's a lot of factors into going to be a, ma- a manager, whether it's small little nuances like 
you know, you adding a New Jersey accent to your uh, India management stuff that I've seen, or like, you know, uh, Bill Alphonse with the, the whistle. Um, there's just so many great managers. Um, what do you What do you think makes a good manager? Uh, for me, a manager should always, you know, you kind of said it yourself there, a manager really needs to be someone that accentuates the act. and doesn't. You, there are plenty of guys out there that have had managers and been fine talkers themselves. Um, and a manager, there, there's this interesting thing here too where it's not always about the talking, it's about the, the, the image they portray. One of my favorite managers or valets of all time is, is honestly Miss Elizabeth. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier working alongside the macho man when when you know you wanted the macho man to be a heel and you know he's sitting there and verbally abusing miss elizabeth like you hate him for doing that you you and for and and her for taking it and that helped get him over as a heel you know and then turns around and and it turns baby face and all of a sudden she's right there to help him have the greatest love story of all time good over to the nwo all of a sudden now she's just, just an evil bitch. I mean, she was always there to help add to whatever Randy Savage needed, and it wasn't that Randy ever needed any assistance on the mic. It's always about accentuating the um, the act that you're a part of. I mean, personally, uh, I mean, you mentioned I'm I'm a manager of my own, and I'll tell you right now, Chuck, the the guy I manage, he does not need my help when it comes to working a mic, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, I've but, definitely uh, definitely seen a lot of his work. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many small nuances to being a good manager, and, you know, I think a lot of people underrated, especially within the EFED community, too. Uh, I've only ever seen two or three legitimate managers uh, with CFT, uh, Titan. Uh, you've done a little bit of it yourself. Um, you were more of an active wrestler slash manager at times. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's underrated, and I think a lot of people should really look into it in the EFED community. Not everybody should do it, but I think there should be more of it. I, I think it'd be great if there was more of it. or um, and, and you can do it, again, on multiple levels. I think there are people who could really just even use a ballet. Yep. You know, just use... Just, uh, or, or have that, like, you know, that Mr. Fuji character who's, you know, standing outside the ring and it's always a threat. Yep. Yeah. Um, Mr. Fuji but I, always curious. had you on edge when he was on screen. Always had me on edge. Right. I'm curious, because we, we, we talked about this a little earlier, and we both picked out kind of our top five. So I, I thought it might be fun. You want to do a back and forth here? Sure. Uh, I'll go first. All right, let's let's hear it. No particular order. Classy okay. Freddie Blassie. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna volley it back to you with um, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oof, that was my next choice, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, let's see here. We got. Oof. I'm trying to think. Probably you can take one off my here. <laughs> Paul Heyman, probably. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> low-hanging fruit there. Absolutely, he's on my list. Low-hanging, easily one of the best of all time. Um, you know, I actually always thought that Eric Bischoff did a great job as as a manager. You know, working along. Hogan is a guy who doesn't need uh, someone to talk for him. But and he, Bischoff was always there. Bischoff was just enough to annoy you to make you hate him a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, J.J. Dillon, the Four Horsemen. Oh, okay. Flair didn't. I'm need... not surprised to hear you go with the the Four Horsemen. Flair, Flair, <laughs> Flair didn't need the talk, the guy to talk, but like he represented that that connection to the money and the elite. He was their guiding force. Their, you know, like if you had a lawyer, an attorney, or you know, a big business connection. You know, I, 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 I I'm right there with you, man. That's a, that's a fucking awesome choice um Jim Cornette I can't imagine having I can't imagine wrestling in the in the 80s without Jim Cornette he was in so many influential matches as a manager even in the mid early to mid 90s uh the Midnight Express uh the Brain you know Busters he worked with them for a little bit um Yoko and Owen um, so many talents he worked with that, like, and he's a literal walking, talking history of wrestling. I love listening to Jim Cornette. I don't always agree with him. Yeah, no, I, I don't always agree with him either. I, I think he, he's he's got some good <laughs> but, opinions. Uh, he's got some really shitty opinions. But it, he's got a good mind for wrestling, especially old school wrestling. So I was I was like hearing. Yeah, um, Paul Ellering is another one of my top five. Fucking awesome! Just and, and there's that's another one. Like, there's no way that uh, you know the Road Warriors did not need a mouthpiece, and somehow he helped enhance the act. I would. I don't think the the ventriloquist dummy did much for him, but we don't talk about that here. We don't talk about that. Um, last on my list, I kind of mentioned it already, Miss Elizabeth. Um, I I think Elizabeth is honestly one of she is to me the the best valet of all time. I think everyone that came after her, whether it was uh, Sunny Sable, uh, Trish Stratus, she led the way. They're all yep, exactly. She was she was the pioneer to me. Yep, it just. Every little nuance within her act, and you know there was some realism within what her and Randy were doing. Um, you know, domestic violence is never a fun issue to like talk about or like see, but like they used it in such a way that like kind of catapulted Randy to that next level of heat. Or when you know, like Sherry attacked him at WrestleMania when Elizabeth mm-hmm. ran through the crowd. To this day, I watch that and get goosebumps. You know, I watched that as a kid and got goosebumps. It's just one of those, oh my God moments. Amazing storytelling. Absolutely. Just seeing her in the crowd, um, the the facial expressions that she was giving in the crowd during that match. It made you feel. Oh, incredible. Yeah. No, I definitely, I think a lot of people sleep on a lot of the uh, aspects when it comes to the ballets like that. No, I, I, 
I know I've said five, but I gotta throw an honorable mention out there. <laughs> oh yes, the late, the great Paul Bear. I mean, again, Undertaker. The Undertaker is not a guy who, even in the beginning, I think needed a manager. But goddamn, did Paul Bear over and over and over again bring that act? Uh, so much better, so much higher. Did the same thing for Kane. Did the same thing for Foley. Fucking awesome. How about you? My right, honorable one mention. More. One more. I'll take us home. With the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Oh, oh man, hell yeah, yeah baby. The, one of definitely the loudest personalities on this list. Maybe because he has a megaphone. <laughs> he has a megaphone. The thing about. Uh, he has touched every aspect of wrestling. To this day, when he works at an indie show, he will help set up chairs. Something that a legend of his status shouldn't have to do. It's his way of connecting with the business and giving back still. And the fact that he does so much of that, even at his stature, knowing that is just amazing to me. Um, you know, with Hogan, he accentuated, he was loud, and he gave him that boisterous kind of like, you know stage presence with you know the heart Bret Hart and uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart he gave them a mouthpiece because honestly they kind of needed it um yeah he worked with so many talents honky tonk man I mean the list goes on and on and on like so many talents that it's just what would wrestling be in the late 80s early 90s without Jimmy Hart in some capacity I, I, there's a couple of guys who, like, I honestly don't think would have uh, been able to survive or have the success they had. Lex Luger, in particular, yeah, without Luger. without Hart. He, so. he managed to help get Earthquake and Tugboat over for Christ fucking sake, which those were shit gimmicks. Yeah. Definitely a, a good choice there. Uh, uh, but we would love to hear your choices. So uh, get us get at us on the Facebook page. Let us know. Who some of your favorite valets, managers, uh, advocates, whatever you want to call them of all time are. We'd love to hear from you. It's going to be huge. Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. I've been your host, the wrestling god, Evan Jones. And I've been the alpha angel, Brian Mead. Make sure to go to enforcedshoe.com. Use the code standards of greatness. Get 20% off of your next order of Enforced Chew. Make sure to check out the Standards of Greatness Facebook page and uh, all the action going on in the EFED Elite Tournament. And until next week, I've been the Alpha Angel. Good night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. The Rock talks about all the time. Let The Rock clarify something to you right now. Listen, The Rock loves pie. Oh, hi, Mark. 